Three, two, one, go. Careful. What are you doing? Are you okay? Hello and welcome to Power Drifting, the rally game podcast. My name is Tom and I'm joined by Mike. Hello, Mike. How's it going? Hello, Tom. Not too bad, Tom. Not too bad. It's like to get the uh, the rally podcast going. Certainly is, yeah. I've been looking forward to this for a while, actually. Um, and you, uh, Mike, have enthusiastically embraced the role of a co-driver on this, so, yeah. on this venture. Um, how are your digital pace notes coming on? Yeah, do, doing well. Um, all I'm going to say is that if there's a, a don't cut section and I haven't put it down and I end up killing us all in the fireball of, of uh, car crash, then I apologise. <laughs> on this subject, can I just have a quick look at your um, your pace notes? Just hand them over here a sec. Let's have a... So, uh, Mike, these are these are written in crayon, <laughs> which I suppose is a, is a setup, uh, a step up even from the uh, the feces you used the first time round. So that's, uh... that's true. <laughs> that's, that is true. Although, wasn't anything in sort of soluble uh, material for a, a rally probably wouldn't be a good idea, really, would it? No. <laughs> anyway, um, before we jump into the the meat of our first episode, uh, a little bit about us, your hosts. Um, I'm Tom. Uh, I've been gaming since. The late 80s, uh, early 90s, uh, started on the Amstrad. Uh, I've owned pretty much every major and minor console since then, uh, and I've got a love of rally, uh, racing games. And within that, the uh, the subgenre of rally titles, uh, hence this podcast. Uh, what about you, Mike? What's your history with gaming and rally titles in particular? Yeah, so I've, I've uh, been gaming for since I was, what, 9, 10, I suppose. Um, started on Spectrum, um, and then worked my way up through, uh, through mainly Sega consoles, but also uh, the PC. Um, and rally games, I've always loved rally games. I think uh, the first rally game I ever played was probably uh, Network Q RAC Rally. Hmm. Um, or probably Power Drive, actually, on the Mega Drive before that. So um, I've always loved them. I think it's just something about the, the sort of you against the world. It's, a, it's, it's probably the most single-player type of game yeah. I think you can get, because it's just you against the elements and uh, the elements and uh, find that quite interesting. So, yeah, and, and rally... the clock, of course. And the clock, and the clock. So... Hmm. It's it's just something which I've always played. I think every single console I've had since since ninety ninety seven ninety eight and every every PC uh, iteration I have, I always have rally games. It's always top of my choice. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to throw that in just because I wanted to give people listening uh, an idea of our experience with uh, with games and also the rally genre. Just to just to you know to ease them in and, and make them feel comfortable that we we do know. A little bit about you know what we're we're discussing. <laughs> we're a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, we're not completely new. We're not complete <laughs> noobs. Um, so yeah, we just really wanted to create a platform where we, as fans of rally games, if not the real world sport of rally, uh, could share our thoughts and opinions on the games that make up the genre, uh, old and new, because we, we will be going back in time and also looking at current gen stuff as well. Um, I listen to a lot of gaming podcasts, and it's not very often that rally games uh, even get a mention. And so with with this uh, podcast. Power drifting. We're going to try and address the balance somewhat. Just a little bit of housekeeping as well before we dive into the first game that we're going to talk about. That is that the the podcast episodes will primarily be like this one, which we're going to call SS, as in special stage episodes, um, where we'll discuss a particular rally game, both myself and Mike. Uh, the other episodes we're going to call bonus stages, where that will just be one of those one of us doing a kind of like a monologue about a particular game, good or bad, and uh, they'll be they'll be shorter uh, than the regular episodes. Um, and finally, we've decided to uh, every now and then just to change things up a little bit. We're gonna uh, did we call them maintenance area episodes? Was that what we decided on? Service areas. Service areas. That was Service what it areas. was. That was, I knew it had something to do with mechanics and and that oh. kind of thing. <laughs> um, where we'll we'll move away from rally games just for one particular episode and talk about some of the wider racing games or driving games that we've been playing recently uh, because. 
I and and I'm sure you, Mike, as well. We play a lot yeah. of racing games, not just rally games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a little bit about us uh, and the the whole backstory of why we've created power drifting. Um, but that's enough about that. Let's get on with this particular show and discuss the first game in the series. That is the iconic Sega Rally Championship. Oh yes. Okay, Sega Rally, first released in the arcades in 1994 and developed by Sega AM3. Can you remember playing it in the arcades, Mike? Um, I don't think so. I don't think I played it at the time. I think uh, I've played it on, in the arcades once, and that was against you, I believe, Tom. Was it really? Yeah, play Blackpool last year, I think, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, I do remember it. I'd had a couple of pints by then, but I do remember playing Sega <laughs> yeah. Rally against you. Best way <laughs> um, of playing it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, obviously, we don't condone drink driving or drink <laughs> rallying. <laughs> um, however, I-, I believe my first ever exposure to Sega Rally would have been actually in an arcade. It would have been... We went on a family holiday to Butlin, somewhere in Wales. I think it was somewhere in North Wales. And it was before I'd got my Sega Saturn. I got a Sega Saturn Christmas 96... And so it would have been between, you know, obviously the game being an, uh, being released in the arcades and Christmas 1996. I remember mm. it because uh, the only thing to do at this particular Butlins was it rained constantly and there was an arcade. And me and my brother would just spend the money that our mum gave us in the arcade. And Sega Rally was one of the games that we would constantly play on. So, yeah, it takes me back to, uh, to, the, to the mid-90s there. Um, but, yeah, back on track. Uh, the game was released on the Sega Saturn in 1995 in Japan and the United States, and then in early 1996 in Europe. So as I say, yeah, I got my Sega Saturn Christmas 96, so it would have been out for the best part of a year over here in the UK. Mm. And um, yeah, it, 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 to be honest, it was one of the games I was really looking forward to getting the Saturn for. Because I, I, obviously, I knew the, the, the Sony PlayStation was a thing, but it was Sega Rally you know, that really kind of drew me to the Saturn as well as having owned Sega consoles prior to the Saturn coming out as well. Yeah, I think for me as well, I had the um, Mate Kev. Mate Kev at school had a Saturn, and um, it was he, the only game I actually played on it was Sega Rally. Hmm. I remember I remember going into his into his dining room and just having the Saturn set up on a tiny little CRT TV um, and playing Sega Rally. I didn't play it for long, probably played it a couple of hours in total, um, but it's it's the one memory I have of the Saturn at that time. I never had a Saturn when I was younger, so um, it's it's iconic. Yes, uh, we we probably use that term quite a lot in this episode because mm. iconic is something that this game really really is, and we will talk about that in a, a sort of later on in the episode about how it's kind of it's kind of seeped into wider culture. Yeah. For me, it certainly has anyway. But yeah, first things first, the the the, the stats, the facts about the game. Uh, so there are three courses to, to begin with. There's the desert the forest and the mountain course and there's also a secret course uh, lakeside which you can unlock if you basically come first in the arcade mode um, there are two cars to begin with the uh, the Toyota Celica and the Lancia Delta and then the unlockable Lancia Stratos as alluded to earlier I first played it in the arcade and then got it on my Sega Saturn and I have to admit that I mean I didn't I can't remember playing any other rally games before playing Sega Rally certainly on the on the on the 16-bit or the 8-bit consoles um, mm. And this was really my kind of introduction to Rally. That's why I kind of hold it so dear to my heart, I think. Um, and the fact that it was 3D, 
and polygonal uh, casting my mind back to how it looked then. It almost looked photorealistic. It looked perfect. You know, yeah. playing it playing it now, obviously, it doesn't look as good as it did. But you know, it's a it's a thirty two bit game from that era, and so you know you have to take into consideration the technical limitations of the hardware that it was being played on. Yeah, um, so. so yeah, it's, it's a it's a very distinct looking game. If you show anyone who's a fan of Sega Rally a screenshot of any particular track, they will know instantly what game they're looking at. Yeah. Uh, just because of, of how you know distinct the, the visual style is. But I think the main thing that makes Sega Rally stand out as, as such, again, an iconic game is not the way it looks, but the way the game plays. Uh, yep. The gameplay and the car handling uh, are, are what make Sega Rally such a special entry into the, uh, into the what would you call it, the the pantheon of... Um, pantheon of rally games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I certainly, well, even still to this day, the handling model of Sega Rally is probably the benchmark that I will test any subsequent rally game, you know, 3D rally game, obviously, um, after. Yeah. And it's, it's quite notable that the, um, the Colin McRae series that launched on the PlayStation, you know, in the years after Sega Rally kind of wowed us all on the Saturn, um, the developers actually cite the handling model of Sega Rally as an, a heavy influence on the handling model of, of Colin McRae. Yeah. Um, and you can see that. I mean, if you play a Colin McRae game now, uh, it's one of the early ones you know, on the PlayStation or on the PC, um, the, the, there are similarities are, you know, plain to see in the way the cars kind of have the kind of sort of centrifugal kind of squashiness as they go around yeah. corners, the way the car leans out as you go around a, a tight, you know, a tight turn. I think the handling on, on, on Sega Rally is... is... It's still now. If you if you play the game, it's completely enjoyable, and there's very few games from that era which are as enjoyable just from a pure gameplay perspective. Um, early 3D games, I think, you know, struggled sometimes with 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 controls. Sega Rally didn't, and it's and you've got to remember it's a D-pad as well. You know, we use digital. It's a digital um, controller. There's, you know, it's not an analog controller you're using either, and it's all it's so smooth. It's just, it's a buttery smooth uh, drive, which is which is amazing, really, and I think it's it's the weight. And I said you said about centrifugal force. So I think it's the weight of the cars. Yeah, it just feels it doesn't feel realistic. I think this, I had this argument with someone before where they said, "Oh, Sega is not realistic. It's not meant to be realistic. It's a game. Mm. Um, it's it just feels enjoyable. It feels like you're you're in charge of this incredibly powerful vehicle, hurtling down um, some admittedly pixelated um, scenery." <laughs> And yeah. I think that's that's what's great about it. I think it's, it just plays so well. And even now, and as you said about hold up as the highest point of, of handling for for rally games, I think look at the response that some of its sequels got back on the Xbox 360 and PS3. Mm. People just absolutely adore the handling. Um, it's a really cheap game to get now as well, so there's no excuse for people not to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a fantastic, fantastic game. On that topic, though, a topic of handling and that kind of way, the way the game feels, were you the kind of player who played from the internal cockpit view, or were you a kind of third-person man? Well, so I, I play external. Um, I don't play external on most games, so I, I haven't played external on a racing game in the modern gen for probably 10 years now. But I have to play Sega Rally external. Um, to me, it just feels it feels more... I don't know how to describe it, really. It feels more gamey 
from the mm. outside. Yeah. And I think with Sega Rally, it's not a kind of a... If it's a simulation, then yeah, yeah fair enough, I play it inside. But for an arcade game, I think actually playing on the external view is, is better. And also, you get to see that fantastic car model, which... At the time, I remember being wowed by how good that car looked, as you said about it looking so photorealistic. Obviously, it's not photorealistic as we know now, but it looked amazing. And that still brings back those kind of memories of, of I suppose, Sega at their peak. Yeah. Um, you know, 90s racing games, we know how much, how good Sega were at doing them. Um, and I think Sega Rally is actually probably the highlight. I know I don't like Daytona. Sega Rally, for me, is the, is the highlight of, the, of their racing pedigree. Speaking of the cars, I mean, we, we mentioned earlier there are only sort of two default cars in the game and three mm. if you count the uh, the unlockable Lancia Stratos. Um, which was your favourite? I, I was always uh, more kind of leaning towards the Celica. I just found that car to be such a, a visually appealing vehicle. And even today when I see one, um, if I'm walking down the street and one goes past that's got, you know, the, the, the full Castrol colours, I'd be like, Sega Rally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just speaks Sega Rally to me. Um, well, I think I think that's the the beauty of uh, beauty of rally games to a wider aspect is the fact that it is just it's 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 road cars in most cases, um, and actually my dad had a Celica when he, uh, when I was younger, really? so wow. um, which I, which is odd because I'm sure it, it sure it wasn't a rally kind of a car, but you know apparently he had a Celica. I think there might have been different versions. I, I'll put my hands up now and for all the listeners to this podcast, I don't drive. I am literally the co-driver. All I'm interested <laughs> in is map. All I'm interested in is maps, countries, and flags. So really, <laughs> I'm not the best person to ask. But I'm pretty sure he had a Celica. I'm not quite sure. But um, so yeah. So it's I always pick Celica myself. Let's talk a little bit about the the oral side of things. And I, I don't mean oral as in the mouth. I mean as in ears, sound, <laughs> audio. Yes. Um, the the music is is actually. It stick. It's actually stuck with me throughout most of my uh, my life. I can think yeah. in my head the tunes that play in that game, and also there's the uh, the co-driver uh, and the simplistic pace notes. Having played a lot of games after Sega Rally that are more simulation based, pace notes are something that is quite you know uh, it's, it's it's the standard of a rally game. You know, with Sega Rally, you've just got things like easy left, easy right, you know, over a jump. It, it kind of lends itself well to the style of game just because it is very simplistic and, and a pick-up-and-play kind of arcade experience. The guy who did the, um, the the voiceover work in this game, his name is Kenneth Ibrahim. Yeah? Um, the composer of the game is uh, Takanobu Mitsuyoshi. He uh, has got several other high-profile Sega games to his resume, including Daytona USA, Manx TT, the Virtual Fighter series, Shenmue 1 and 2, uh, Daytona 2, um, he was actually the voice actor for Cage in Virtual Fighter, and he's got cool. a small vocal role in uh, Sonic Mania. So um, right. yeah, this guy is, is Sega through and through, and you know that comes out in the music. It's instantly uh, instantly recognizable. So yeah, this guy is uh, is Sega through and through. Thoughts on the soundtrack, Mike, uh, or, or any of the any of the sound effects that are in the game? 
it's iconic, isn't it? I think it's the the soundtrack and the audio is is a hundred percent Sega. Mm. I think that's that's um, you know people. I think we haven't we haven't addressed something which is quite obvious with the game is that it's actually not much in the game. There's not mm. many tracks. There's not many not many cars, but everything comes together in this sort of perfect arcade package. And I think the sound is as always with Sega games um, is is massive part of that. On the topic of uh, content, uh, as mm. again we've mentioned, there's only like you know three cars and, and four ca- four courses. Um, yeah. Do you have a particular favourite course? Mine was always the the forest. Um, I know that course at the back of my hand. I can think I can actually go through it in my head, and I know every turn, every corner, and the way to get round every corner perfectly. Um, not blaming on trumpet, but it's a game I've played so much that I've kind of almost got muscle memory as to to how to get round that course. What about yourself? I, I think the first the first stage is the desert. Yeah, yeah. I think it's always the best. I think because I mean it's it's not a great desert. In all this. It's, the, <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's 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 the most unlike a desert course ever. But yeah, I think it's just iconic. Again, it's one of those games where everything feels right, and so I've, I've done that first stage so many times. Has to be that one. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. There's there's quite a lot of foliage in that in that desert, isn't there? Yeah, there is, isn't there? <laughs> and water and water yeah. as well, which is a bit weird. I also like the way that if you, when you let the replays run, sometimes the camera will kind of focus around um, on that final big sweeping uh, right-hand bend before yeah. the finish line. There is a, a section there where there are actually some elephants that kind of <laughs> slowly walk, and you can only really see them in the uh, in the replay mode because cool. um, the camera will kind of focus on them as the car goes around the corner, but you can't really see them when you're actually playing it. And I just remember these like really slow moving elephants, these like kind of bizarre pixelated, uh, yeah, monstrosities, <laughs> quite, quite rudimentary monstrosities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so they're worth uh, seeking out if you've got this game lying around. Okay, so as we've discussed, it's an arcade game and it's designed for quick bursts of play. Um, there are some things that I'm not 100%, you know, looking back with a modern head on, even though it plays immaculately and it's uh, again, there's that word iconic game. There are a couple of things that. If I could go back and change them, I would. And these are a few of them. So I would maybe add a, a very basic or rudimentary uh, damage model, perhaps. Because mm-hmm. even though there are other cars, cars on the courses as you're racing around the arcade mode, um, if you hit into them, you just kind of bounce off them. And this is kind of like really kind of hollow, like kind of sort of knocking noise as you, as you bounce into each other. Yeah. Almost like someone's kicking a cardboard box down the road. You know, do you know what I mean? Um, that, so that's not the best. Um, there's no weather options, so you, you can't have a rainy day or an overcast day. You can't race at night. It's just it's just a sunny day, every day in Sega Rally World. And of course, a limited number of vehicles and courses. Obviously, that was addressed somewhat in the sequel, which we will discuss on another episode. Yeah. Um, but the fact that there's only you know three cars and four courses obviously is something to do with the fact that it was an arcade game, and I think Sega was very much in the business of let's just get our arcade games onto consoles. With you know as little amount of extras as possible. Um, yeah, I think I think with I think it's it's testament to the game though that I agree with all that. I think the damage models would have been would have been interesting. I think you know just more content to an extent would have been better. But I think even with all that said, the fact it is still so um, well thought of, I think yeah. it's, it's testament to how good that, that sort of blue sky thing. It's about no weather effects. I think it's that blue sky Sega nineties feel to it and i think you know sometimes sometimes and it's not often but sometimes little uh is actually better because it just focuses less is more 
Yeah, less is more. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the phrase I was trying to speak. Yeah, <laughs> I was also going to say that maybe um, an additional kind of cockpit mode would have been nice. You know, like a sort of a rad racer esque kind of inside the car where you could see the bonnet and that kind yeah, of thing. Think, that would have been nice. But um, I think the Saturn would have really struggled, wouldn't it? Saturn would have struggled with that. I think. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, they, they did port Rad Racer to the um, to the Saturn. You know, the less they said about that part of the game, the better. Yeah. But, I mean, that did have a, a nice little cockpit, just like a sort of a, a almost like a JPEG version of a, of a cockpit would have been nice. We, we just we just want Sonic hanging from the wing mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can never get enough Sonic hanging from a, a wing mirror, <laughs> a, a, a rear view mirror. Okay. Yeah, not wing mirror, yeah. <laughs> Hanging from a wing mirror in a rally game wouldn't go down well, would it, really? <laughs> okay, so apart from the, the original arcade version and the Sega Saturn port, um, there was a there was a later version, which was a, a, Netlink, a Netlink version, which was called Sega Rally Championship plus Netlink Edition, which yep. was released in 1997 and allowed for Sega Saturns that had the Netlink to connect uh, via the internet and play uh, multiplayer games against each other. Um, I personally have never played that. I don't know. I've never even seen one in real life. I don't know about you, Mike. Have you got anything like this in your vast collection of Sega merchandise? I have not. No, I haven't. I've never. Uh, I didn't know it existed actually until a few years ago. Hmm. Um, and someone, uh, someone in another group that we're both in, which I'm not going to mention, um, had the game. Bought the uh, the plus version. Um, it's interesting. Well, and and the Netlink as well, or just just the game. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I don't know whether it's actually well, it's not working, obviously, but uh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, there were several other versions of the game released subsequently. Um, there was a port to the PC in 1997, mm-hmm. yep. um, and there was the PS2 version, which was released as part of the Sega Rally 2006 package, which I believe is a straight port of the Model 2 arcade game. Yes. Um, and I mean, I have played that version of the game, and it is a perfect like recreation of the um, of the arcade version, and it's probably the best way to play Sega Rally if you've got a Japanese PlayStation 2 mm-hmm. and access to Sega Rally 2006. Have you played that, Mike? Um, I I think I have a, a convention or a, a games event, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is really quite something. It's, it's worth uh, worth seeking out if you can if you can get it or find it. Um, it's worth noting that the, there are other games called Sega Rally. Uh, mm. There's a game on the Game Boy Advance and there's a game on the N-Gage, um, which have got absolutely nothing to do with the original even though you know the, the box art might suggest otherwise, uh, they're completely different games, and they kind of come more into the sort of the Sega Rally Two family of games, which we will discuss when we uh, get onto that particular game. Uh, but I just wanted to make that that differentiation. The PC version I had, I had a PC version uh, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as with all Sega PC games, because there was that sort of period, wasn't there, between '95 and '99, where Sega had quite a quite a big PC. Um, department and they were putting quite a few of their Saturn games, especially over to the PCs. And to answer you, a lot of them were, were pretty poor. I remember Sega Rally being um, an interesting port, as in in terms of it runs, it ran okay. But we had things on a PC like Screamer and the Screamer games, which was so much better. Yeah. Um, and I think very, very quickly as well. And the, the great thing with Sega Rally, and one of the reasons I think it hasn't been ported quite as much, um, is the fact that very, very quickly at that era. 3D games went from being three courses being amazing to suddenly having things like Gran Turismo and, and every single game had to have massive amounts of depth. So I think there was a very short period where Sega were on top. And so I think a lot of Sega Rally very, very quickly became um, not archaic because it's never archaic, but became a piece of history. Yeah. 
Interestingly, you mentioned the, the PC version. I actually went through a stage of buying up all the PC games when I first got into PC gaming. It would have been around mm. 2002, 2003. Um, and my first PC that I built myself, it had a it didn't have a Pentium processor. It had a Celeron processor in it. And I don't know if that oh, had yeah. anything to do with it. But when, <laughs> when I played um, these Sega PC games, for some reason, I vividly remember that Sega Rally would do this thing where the game would speed up and then slow down and speed up and slow down and it was basically, it was unplayable because it would speed up slow down speed up. yeah and, and and it was only later on that i kind of i think i read on some forum or something that it was something to do with the teller processor i don't know if that's true uncapped frame rate isn't it? i think they they didn't i think it wasn't programmed well for certain setups on the pc so it, would, it wouldn't keep a consistent frame rate it would suddenly go faster or slower which uh, emulation a lot of emulations on pc i have that problem with really well, I, mm. like, like I said, I'm not an expert on PC gaming, especially not PC gaming from the early 2000s, but that's what sticks in my memory about that particular version of the game that I owned. So it wasn't ideal. However, you can always go back and play the original Saturn version, can't we? You can, you can. At this point, Mike, I'm going to let, let, let's let's take a little look at what the um, what the gaming press said. I've got official Sega Saturn magazine here with the review of uh, of Sega Rally. This is actually reviewed by Radion Automatic, the legendary mm. Radion Automatic for Sega Saturn magazine. And yep. the the closing comments are: Let's see. Basically, Sega Rally Championship is one of the best games you'll play all year, meaning 1996. It's totally and utterly smart. Rejoice. The Saturn is Ascendant. And uh, here are the ratings. So graphics get 97%, sound gets 91%, playability gets 95%, lastability gets 96%, and the overall score is 97% from the official UK Sega Saturn magazine. Quite a high score. Very high, yeah. It's interesting to note that no other, uh, no other rally games came out on the Saturn after Sega Rally. So this is the only example of a rally game on the Saturn, if I'm not mistaken. And the fact that it was basically the best of the generation, or one of the best of the generation, kind of, yeah. says it all, really. I think so, yeah. I think it's set, set a very high bar, doesn't it? So let's give our own scores, Mike, to Sega mm. Rally Championship. Let's give our own scores out of 10. Um, I'll let you go first. What would you like to give? What would you, what would you bequeath Sega Rally Championship on the Saturday? So, so why we're going to do this every, every episode, and, and my sort of score will be based also on sort of the... The surroundings about the game, so I like a lot of the sort of technical things in terms of what countries, what they look like, the, the, the courses themselves. Mm. Um, Sega Rally is not really part of that though, because it's just an arcade game. There's no countries named. There's no uh, there's no flags. I'm a big fan of flags. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think for me, I think simply for playability, um, I think it has to be a nine. Strong, um, strong score. Very I think strong. so. I think it's not perfect. Um, and I think the content, the lack of content for a rally game is, is, you know, bear in mind you can race through the entire game and at the same time it takes you to do a stage in some in some games. True. Um, so it isn't much content, but I don't think it matters with Sega Rally. I think it's one of those games where you just sort of come home, you stick it onto a Saturn, you play it for half an hour to an hour, and then you're fulfilled. And I think that's there's very few games. I think it's, it's, it's quite unusual in the games we're going to be looking at in terms of the fact, actually, it's it's not a long-form experience. Mm. It is very much an arcade experience. Um, just so happens to be a rally game, and it just so happens to be possibly still the best handling rally game um, ever made. I would echo everything you've said there, Mike. Uh, I will also give it a 9 out of 10. And for me, this is really the game that kicked off my love affair with rally games. So it all comes from here, really. So for that reason... Yeah, 9 out of 10. Uh, without this game, I would never really have gotten into the genre, I don't think. 
and um, it kind of left me wanting more after I'd kind of seen everything that there, were, there was to offer. Uh, and that's why I went off and found other rally games, and then here I am, you know, 20 years later, uh, with yep. a, a massive collection of rally games across a, a whole load of different consoles, and doing a podcast about rally games. So yep. it all comes from here, really. So yeah, nine out of ten for me. Fantastic game, iconic, legendary, perfect. Well, not perfect because that'd be a ten. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike. That about wraps it up, I think. Um, it for does, our very yeah. first episode. We're just finding our way, obviously, for those people listening. This is our first one. We didn't really know how to approach this kind of topic because it's such a, a massive uh, subgenre of racing games. We, we were kind of not really sure how to do it, but I think this kind of conversational style suits what we're trying to do perfectly. Well, for me, yeah. it does anyway. Um, I agree. Okay, if you if you like what you've heard please uh, feel free to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or leave us a review. If you don't like what you've heard, let us know and we will uh, try to address your concerns. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PowerDriftPod. Uh, you can also find us on the internet at PowerDriftingPodcast.com and also on iTunes if you just type PowerDrifting. You'll find us. Well, you found this one, so you know, <laughs> use your initiative. Um, okay, Mike, do you want to tell the uh, the boys and girls which game we're going to be looking at in the next episode? Uh, yeah, so next episode we have a, a modern one um, mm. to look at, actually, uh, a very interesting one, a Rush Rally Three, which has got a Switch port relatively recently. Yes, I'm um, looking forward to it. Yes, me too. Okay, until then, goodbye. Goodbye. goodbye.